Hello and welcome to The Shore, a meeting place for people in film. I'm Dominie Anderson. Each episode I meet with women across the film and television sector to discuss their careers, the best and worst advice they ever received, and what they want for the next generation of women in film. Today I am joined by Jodie Clement. In her over 20 year career, Jodie has worked on such shows as The Strain, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Stage Shoot Worlds, and What We Do in the Shadows. Jodie is an art director, an artist, and someone I've personally learned a lot from. Jodie, thank you for joining me and welcome. Aw, Dominique, I'm so honored that you said that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I truly learned a lot from you as well. And I think that is one of the most important things that we can do together as a team collaborating on a project is is embracing what each other has to offer and learn from each other. So yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm so glad you said that. That's really... I guess that's really the driving force behind this whole idea, this whole podcast idea, that we can all continue to learn and learn from each other's experiences. And uh, yeah. Yes, and not get stuck in your ways. I was actually having a conversation with somebody the other day about um, how people will throw around in the film industry, oh, I've been doing this for 35 years. Um, <laughs> I had somebody on the last show say that to me, and uh, and I thought, well... Does my 23 years not matter? Um, yours 35 years is more important. And when I was mentioning that to, um, to this other woman who is also an art director in the film business, um, she says, you know, when somebody says I've been doing that for 35 years, it makes me feel like they're just so stuck in their ways. And I said, that's such a good point. It's like, you know, why don't you think, oh, wow, I've been doing this for 35 years and I'm so happy to learn more and more each time instead of yeah. this is the way it needs to be done. Yeah, have you been doing it for 35 years the exact same way the whole time? Like that's kind of the problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so take me back. Take me back to the beginning, Jodie. Why film and TV for you? Um, okay, well, if I really go back to the beginning, I go back to um, the Jodie that was 14 years old uh, in high school uh, getting a job for the first time in the radio industry in Sudbury, Ontario. And I worked all through high school and into university, so a total of 10 years in radio. And radio is an entertainment industry, so it was kind of just part of me for so long. And after I graduated from university, I had this whole mind shift of, wait a second, do I really want to work in radio for the rest of my life? And uh, I, I, ironically, I was watching a, a TV series. It was a sitcom with Jason Bateman. I don't even remember the name of the show, and I don't even think it lasted very long. Uh, but he, pl he was playing uh, an architect in the TV, in, the, in that particular sitcom. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe that's what I want to do. So I started researching after, like, this was after graduation. Um, I started re researching uh, architecture schools and... I went to visit all of the schools that I was interested in going mm -hmm. to. And when I was visiting Carleton University in Ottawa, uh, the professor who was giving me the tour said, uh, yeah, I've got a student who just graduated who's working as a set designer on the X-Files out in Vancouver. And I had th that was my aha moment. It was the, oh, my God, that's what I want to do. Um, at the time, The X-Files was one of my favorite TV shows, and it just was like, it just pulled me right in. Mm -hmm. And so from that point on, 
I decided to figure out what I needed to do to get into the film industry. And I ended up going to uh, Ryerson University, um, which is now what, uh, Toronto Metropolitan University? Oh, I, I'm I think, not sure. <laughs> I think that's what it's called now. Um, and so I went to Ryerson for interior design. Okay. I did have an interview at the architecture school. And while I was there, I went and asked for an interview because you have to apply with portfolio and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I went to the interior design school and asked for uh, an interview there. And I fell in love with the energy that the school had that was different from the architecture school. Mm. And so I decided to, uh, to take that program instead. And the whole time I was there, people would ask, oh, what area of design are you going into? And I would say set design for the film industry. And uh, after graduation, well, actually, if I could just back up just a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, while I was in school, because I, I graduated in 2002, but in 2000, I got my first job working in the film business doing craft service, which was such a valuable experience for me. Uh, so for three years, I worked doing craft service during the summers and then on weekends doing dailies and things like that and really got to know what happens on a film set. So when did you make the move to art? How did you make that jump? It was all through my experience doing craft service that I even understood what the DGC was, how to get into the Directors Guild of Canada in the art department. And so uh, talking to, I would talk to every time somebody would come on the tra craft truck, I was so friendly and inquisitive and wanted to know everything about what everybody did. And so whenever somebody said they were a production designer or an art director, um, I immediately, I would be quizzing them and asking for my letters of recommendation, keeping my portfolio on the truck <laughs> so that I could show them and prove to them that I, I was qualified to even be a member. Well, let's see, my first show working in the Guild uh, was actually with Tamara Deverell, uh, who is now one of my most wonderful friends, and uh, Joshu Descartier, who was the art director. So I've been friends with these people now for uh, over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, that's one of my favorite things is that they got to see me right from the start grow from a trainee. And back then they were called apprentices. So I kind of wish they were still an apprentice because the trainee... I feel like it doesn't make it seem as an important job than it really is. It, being, a, a, being a trainee, or as I like to call it, an apprentice, is such an important role in the art department. Mm -hmm. And I just want them, whoever, they, whoever is in that role, to, to know that they are an essential part of the team. And yeah. so important. I didn't know they used to be called that. That's great. They should definitely be called that. And, and my... And, my thought on the trainee position, which should be go back to apprentice, is that it's our responsibility as art directors, as set designers, as seconds, graphic designers, to mentor and, and teach and take that person under your wing and have them be your apprentice. Not just train them, but apprentice them to, to do what, I mean, they're not, they're not going to be in that position forever. So we want to make sure that we get them to that level as quickly as possible. We just want to make sure that they're, they're well taught. And you want to set them up for success. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because I think that the, 
one of the one of the things I always found there was a lot of competition when I was first starting out mm -hmm. as uh, as a trainee, and that competition was I always felt like you know if that person got the job that and I didn't get it, then what is it that I need to learn to make myself better? Um, rather than being, uh, you know, nose put at a joint or uh, upset about it, I was just like, oh, okay, so where do I improve next? And that's, I think, something that we have to make sure that we, we just kind of support and help each other grow because the industry will be better as a whole if we are all better together. Did you have mentors? I think I didn't even realize it that I had mentors until later. Mm -hmm. I think I realized it whenever I would move from one position to the next. Then I would then I would notice, oh yeah, I learned so much from that person. Mm -hmm. And then I started to look for mentors. Mm -hmm. Once I, I mean, I wouldn't say, hey, will you be my mentor? I would just put myself in their circle, in their world and try and absorb as much as I possibly could from them. Um, and, you know, learning both the good and the bad, because everybody has good and bad qualities that they bring to the table. And I'm, I'm guilty of, of having, you know, mood swings or um, bad days. Um, but uh, learning from both those good days and bad days, uh, how to handle situations with other departments, with other people, I think it really, um, really makes you uh, better at your job. Do you think there's a gender division still in the industry? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think there is a conscious effort to make sure, I, I feel like, I'm just going to say it, that men are trying really hard to, um, to make sure that there isn't that division. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think, I just think it's so ingrained in the people who have been around for 35 years, mm -hmm. um, that uh, it's going to take maybe another generation to make that fully change. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's affected you or your career or your experience? Absolutely. Um, in I would say some ways um, in a positive way and mm -hmm. some ways uh, in a negative way. And I don't really have any solid examples, but when I, it's more about the way I've felt in the past mm -hmm. um, about being a woman. I know that it was very common, oh gosh, back in my early days where I knew that men doing the exact same position, exact same job that I was doing, uh, were getting paid more, but I was okay with it because I'm happy doing my job. And, I'm, and so eventually when I realized, wait a second, no, this is absolutely not fair. And I, that was the first time I went up and, and uh, before I started my job, I, I said, no, I'm, I'm actually not coming back next season. Well, it's, I didn't actually frame it, frame it that way. I came back and said, I would love, before I start my job, mm -hmm. I would love to renegotiate my rate. I would like above scale rate uh, to match more what's in line of being paid at the other, by the men in, in this, in the same position that I'm doing. And. I ended up getting the rate that I asked mm -hmm. for, but if I didn't ask for it, I wouldn't have gotten it. No, and it's one of the problems for sure once you start negotiating your rate. And I remember that from being an art director, from people just uh, pitching me. And even if both people were asking for above scale, 
always the amount that the man was asking for was more. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily commensurate to experience, and it wasn't even necessarily that they weren't worth it or anything. Also, just the idea of how much you could ask for. Yeah. That base idea was was different. Yeah. Was totally different. And as an art director, having, you're right, having women come up and ask for a higher rate, I've noticed the exact same thing is that they're not asking for what the men are asking for. So, yeah. Yeah, they're that, asking yeah. for less. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you could change one thing about the industry, what would it be? Oh, God, the hours. The yeah. hours. <laughs> I, I don't even have to, I, I, I can think of something else. I just, no, I love it. I can't handle the hours anymore. I don't, mm-hmm. I like, it's not that I'm, la- I'm not a lazy person. Domini, you know me. Yeah, the hours. It's the hours. It's just too much. It's too much. It, it is too much. And it, it just burns people out. And I don't, it doesn't diminish the creative process. If everybody is well fed and rested, rested. and, and having, has a life outside of work yeah has yeah. time to maybe like go to the movies or do something fun with their friends which will help them create better yeah later because your brain needs breaks which is you know one of those things which is scientifically proven exactly just the film industry is like what's what's science <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're like i don't know what that's what that's talking about like, oh yeah, my it, it's, you know, and, and the millennials get a bad rap with talking about, you know, having work-life balance. And I'm like, God, yes, please bring more of these people in who understand what work-life balance is. I didn't get it before too. I was a workaholic. I, when I was first starting out in the industry, I was like, hiatus, why do I need t- time off? It was my father's work ethic and my mother's work ethic and me going, <laughs> get to work, get to work. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, I defined myself by my job, so I didn't have anything outside that I also would draw just, from. Also, you can when you're younger. Yeah. I feel like that too. Like, I worked absolutely crazy hours when I was an AD, and I definitely got to a point where I was like, I can't physically do this anymore. Exactly. But also, I was... I mean, not getting old, but it was like, I'm, you know, now I'm in my early to mid thirties and my body doesn't want to do 20 hour days. It also can't unfortunately survive off McDonald's anymore. Like it just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know, like also it does, it does change. Mm -hmm. And that's something that kind of sticks for me. The idea of the industry just kind of pushing you out, you know, once you get older because you can't do the hours but the hours are the problem the hours are the problem and you're just getting rid of so much experience and yeah and knowledge and other ways other ways to do it yeah Um, what do you think is the best advice that you've ever received so the best advice I got was in the worst of my time as my first time being an art director Mm -hmm. and I was I felt like I was not prepared I was overly confident but didn't have the tools to properly succeed Mm -hmm. um so i was kind of thrown into a position that i asked for and that i wanted but then quickly realized that it wasn't what i was expecting Mm. and so i felt like i i was like okay that's when i first realized that oh who are my mentors who have i been learning from and i realized I wasn't actually paying attention or nobody was mentoring me. Whatever it was, I wasn't wasn't prepared for the positions. And I was working with Helen Shaver, wonderful producer and director and actress. And 
I was feeling overwhelmed and she pulled me aside and she said, Jody, do you remember your first time being a set designer? And I said, yeah, I remember. And she said, were you the best set designer when you first started doing it? Or did you get better over time? And I said, no, no, I got better over time. She said, well, then you get back on this horse and you get out there, you get yourself another art directing job and you get better and you just be better and you've got this. And I will never forget those kind words. That was over 12 or 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And she was absolutely right. And I look back at my time being an art director on that show and go, wow, that was awful. (laughs) You were awful. You didn't know what you were doing at all. And I kind of laugh at it. But those experiences made me better. I did lose my confidence in myself, but she brought it back. Mm -hmm. That's so nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a woman, a woman helping me, standing up there with me, saying, you've got this. You can do this. Yeah. It's so important to be able to see that you will grow and that even if you've made mistakes or even if you're making them. Yeah. That that's not who you are. You know, those are just things that happen while you're learning and we're all learning. And for most of us, every next job you're going to do without really knowing what it is <laughs> a lot of the time you know you you maybe see part of what the job is and there's always going to be a section of it that you're not privy to and you just have to learn on the fly and knowing that you're going to maybe fuck it up also but that that is just what happens sometimes is really valuable because you might fuck up absolutely and, it's, and that's it's okay because everybody has a first time doing something it's right you do get better over time if you're well, those, if you can see that and learn from it yeah absolutely because some of those things will will stay with you forever and you will like oh i you it, it becomes an instinct for you now just to not do something a certain way because of the the poor experience you had previously mm-hmm. it kind of goes with my overarching theory about the film business and and experience in general you know it's just that every show's different and also every show is exactly the same. Oh, totally. So, you know, <laughs> and so things are always going to go wrong in new ways. And you're always going to come up against challenges you've never faced before in some ways. Because every show is different. Every show is different. Like, they are going to be those little things. But if you can trust yourself in how quickly you can learn from a mistake. Or yeah. how quickly you can pivot. Yeah. Or how much you can, I don't know, sense what's needed in a situation, like those kinds of skills, they're really what makes the shows then all the same. Because that is something that you can really sit on. That's more valuable, you know, because it's like then you can, then you can take that skill everywhere. And as you were, yes, absolutely. And when, and as you were just talking about this, something jumped into my brain and uh, you know, you're talking about problem solving and pivoting. And the one thing that I found was happening a lot was when there was a mistake that would happen, people were so ready to jump and point fingers at who who was the one such who made it. Such a this. waste of time. It was such a, it's such a waste of time. And it's like, okay, this happened. What's the fastest? How can we How can we fix it the fastest and learn from this as a group rather than I can't believe that person did that. Who who's responsible or, you know, laying blame. It's like, okay, doesn't matter. It happened. It happened. Now let's just fix it and move on and learn from it. Yeah. 
that's one of the things I would like to click my fingers and get rid of is that idea of who is to blame. And I've been in situations where, where things have gone wrong and people have really been asking me to, you know, point out who in art department or construction or whatever, you know, who, like where the mistake was. And my answer is always, well, the mistake was we're three weeks from wrap and everybody's very tired. Yes. You know, the, and the mistake is everybody thought someone else was doing it and somehow it got mixed. And that just, that's human error and that happens sometimes. Like it doesn't solve, and it also that's irrelevant. Also, let's talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. You know, let's talk about that once everything's solved and camera is rolling. Like at this point, that it doesn't really matter. Until unless you're going to look at it la afterwards. And yeah, and then you can do construction and then you can say, hey, in our communication flow, there is this problem that keeps happening. Or, hey, do you ever notice how there's lots of silly little mistakes right at the end of shows because everybody's exhausted? Yeah. And that's when you start seeing more spelling mistakes or you know things off by half an inch oh like yes just... I have a wonderful story about that <laughs> I remember uh what, so one of my first times being a set designer I was working with John Donardman and he was actually so great about this mistake I made I have to give him credit for that because I I have never forgotten it and he actually made a point of saying it's okay you won't make this mistake again and and so I was like because ah. uh, I was so intimidated by him and Anyway, what happened was, is we were building a set in the uh, now defunct, I don't even think the building's there anymore, 721 Eastern. It was, um, mm -hmm. it was where we did Flashpoint. And uh, there was a difference in the floor from one side of the stage to the other. And it was a, like, you, we actually had stairs that we had to go down. And we were designing a, a, a more film-friendly, beautiful set of stairs to go down into this locker room area. And I wrote down, and I can't remember which way it was now because it was so long ago. I either wrote down 39 inches or it was three foot nine, which is such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, whatever way it was, I wrote down the wrong number mm -hmm. or I at least recalled it improperly. And so I designed the stairs to be at a certain height and it was all wrong. And so then the stairs got built to the wrong size and then it was noticed and I was devastated and, and mortified that I had made this stupid mistake. Um, but yeah, John was, was really great about it and he was like, you know, these kind of things happen and, and you'll, uh, you'll make sure you double check your measurements every single time. The whole measure twice, cut Go once. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's definitely, that's definitely my, um, my memory of, uh, of really, feeling like I had fucked up so much and I was going to get fired. But, but yeah, it was handled Yeah, well. I mean, we've all had a couple of those, right? <laughs> <laughs> <A few. laughs> what do you wish that you'd known before you started in, in film and TV? If there's anything that you could, I don't know, tell younger Jody or anything that would have been helpful for you to know? Or do you think you learned everything at the right time? Yeah, I feel... I feel like I did learn everything at the right time. Um, I, I will say, and this is going to reveal my age a little bit, but I, I actually started out in the film industry at like my first job. Gosh, I, w I guess I would have been 29 mm -hmm. and, or maybe 28. And then my first job in the art department, I was, I was 31. So, you know, it, 
learning learning at 31 versus learning at 18 or 19, I did have some life experience behind me that I brought to the table. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I, I feel like the information and, and uh, it, it all came to me as I needed it. Um, you know, I've made some mistakes along the way that were stupid mistakes that maybe I wish I could go back and say, um, don't say that stupid thing or do that stupid thing. Um, uh, but uh, you know what? It, it's made me who I am now and I'm happy with who I am now. So I feel like I should just be grateful that I um, experienced what I have experienced. Mm -hmm. I think about who I was 23 years ago mm -hmm. and who I am now. I am, I'm not the same person I was. And I'm grateful for the person I was 23 years ago. I had this don't give up attitude bordering on cocky. Mm -hmm. Um, but that got me, that got me to where I needed to be. Maybe sometimes I got a little too cocky and I had to be put in my place and that made me better at my job as well. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to those same things where here I am saying I'm learning from people who I learned the good and the bad from them. I also learned from myself at the, throughout my whole process, throughout my whole career that, hmm, maybe you should be better at handling this situation by doing this instead. Mm -hmm. your, way, your way that you tried five times before didn't seem to work. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's time that you take a look at your, yourself and change. So, um, and I, I think I overcared back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't care now, but I don't, I don't, I don't take it, I don't take it home with me. I care when I'm on at work. I care, you know, if I get a call, a phone call after after I've gone home for the day, but the you know the shooting crew's still going, and I I have to handle a situation where I you know I get a phone call and I need to deal with it. But I also learned to take time for me and not stress out uh, about something that I can't control until I get to work the next day. Mm. And that was really a hard thing for me to do and to learn um, because I, I defined myself by my job. And so, uh, of course, I wanted to be the best at what I did. Um, but there are some times where you have to um, strive for it, but also be okay with that you've done the best you possibly could today and tomorrow you know, that's another day. Mm -hmm. So just my, my, the evolution of who I was and who I, who I am now, and I'm probably in another 20 years going to be a different person as well. And is it okay if I swear? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, in 20 years, I will probably give less a fuck about things yeah. uh, than I did 20 years beforehand. Mm -hmm. And, um, Again, not saying that I don't care, because I really do, and I care about the people who, I, who, who work with me. I care about them both at their job and their personal lives and making sure that they are able to have work-life balance. Um, you know, if you, need, if you need to take a few hours off to go to an appointment, whether that appointment be a doctor's appointment or meeting with your accountant or meeting with your bank, like those are things that need to happen during nine to five hours mm -hmm. in the real world 
And it's an important part of your mental health to make sure that your personal life is in order because if it's distracting you at work, then what's the point? So go to the doctor, go to the accountant, do what you have to do. As long as you make sure that you are getting your job done, As I, I care more about making sure that you have that work-life balance. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting off on a tangent here, but this no, is No, it's this all is great. The, yeah. and it's, you're right, and I think it is a really valuable skill. And I, it's really just the idea that you work with adults yeah. who understand that they are doing a job and that they have a commitment to doing that job to the best of their ability and to under all the agreements that you've hired them and all of those things and all those parameters. And nine times out of ten, that person's working, like, really, really hard And therefore, they're also smart enough to know, like, what also, today I'm sick or, yeah, tomorrow I really need to go to this appointment. And then, you know, you make up for it or, like, it just all, it still all happens. It all happens. Because you're all, because you're all adults who can create, uh, you're all adults who can solve a problem. Yeah. And if you trust people to do it, usually they do, again, like, 9.99 times out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that also, you know, personally, I've been dealing with um, some uh, mobility issues with my, in, in my health. And so make, keeping myself healthy involves being away from work a little bit more than I should. Well, than I should be. Who says should? Mm-hmm. But if I, if I want to be healthy to do my job, I need to make sure that I can walk properly and, you know, get myself around properly. And if I can't do that, then that's a big problem. What's the work that you've done that you're particularly proud of or something where you had a lot of fun? Proud of? Well, I feel like for the most part, I'm, I'm proud of uh, how I've come up through the art department. And um, I, f- I feel that I have um, a pretty good fan base of people out there in the art department who like to work with me, (laughs) either hire me or work for me or work with me. Um, So I'm pretty proud of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I was going to be a super uber bitch as an art director when I was like, when I'm an art director, I'm not putting up with this. Mm -hmm. Um, But then once I became the art director, I did not become the boss hole. I actually, um, I actually started to reframe my thinking about what it means to be a leader and what it means to be in a position where I'm in charge, responsible. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, yeah, I reframed my, my thinking and, uh, and then the most fun, you know, I, I just, I was, I was watching a movie recently, and I, I don't really recall the name of the movie, but I remember watching it and feeling sad and terrible about myself, just terrible about life, terrible about the world, terrible about, you know, society. And I was just like, you know what? I am not wired for shows that aren't about superheroes vampires and aliens (laughs) that's where i that's where i'm happiest so you mentioned at the beginning working on um 
Star Trek and mm. the, the Strain, which was about vampires, and mm-hmm. what we do in the shadows, which is a comedy about vampires. The Strain, which we both worked on, but we didn't know each other. Then. Exactly. Yes. And um, and then you know I did Those work. Fucking vampires. I worked on Heroes Shame. Reborn, and then you know you've, we've got shows in the city like The Boys, uh, which is you know an anti superhero um, TV series. So I just was like, no, that's. That's where I am happiest, and I feel I feel the most excited to go to work and read a script where it's a world that is fantasy and fiction, and uh, it's uh, it, I'm okay if it's scary or you know like the strain you know like thriller, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time uh, I do want to be in, entertained and happy. And, uh, and so that's, that for me is where I want to guide myself for the rest of my career Mm. to be in that world. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. What do you love the most about what you do? Wow. Um, there's so many things. Like I, I, I just think about the, the first thing that popped into my head was working with the people Mm -hmm. and not just the people that are working in my art, the art department. Um, but I love, I love the personalities that um, are spread out through all the other departments and laughing. You know, if you go, if you go to work, it, what's what's the saying? Saying if if you uh, about ne- what, never working what? a day in your life, if you um, if, if you, you love, love what you do, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. I thought you were talking about my personal motto, which, which is. is? <laughs> Which is, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. (laughs) (laughs) That too, that too, that too. People used to ask me why people always laugh in so much in my art department. So I was like, well, if you can't laugh, then you'll cry, you know, because Mm -hmm. it can get really overwhelming. Yeah. And laughter and fun for me is the best outlet for it because (laughs) you can all be really busy, but if you can at least laugh about it, like it just isn't, again, it just isn't miserable. You can't always change the circumstances which you are working within but you can at least have a little bit of fun yeah. and not everyone just sitting because I've also worked places where everybody is crying okay well let me just tell you this <laughs> this was a personal goal of mine in the early days that I was going to get through a show without ever crying that was a goal mm-hmm. so this show I'm not going to cry on this show I'm not going to cry on this show well I'll get tell you one thing there is not a show that I have worked on where I have not cried <clears throat> yeah I've cried on every show for sure And not just, like, I've cried at home. Like, I've cried, like, on set. In the office. Oh, yeah, in in someone else's office. In the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, but also, like, not not even private ones. Like, like, (laughs) crying in the producer's office, in the PM office, like, in the designer's office, in an AD office. Like, yeah, for sure, at some point. You know what? You know what that says to me is that if you're crying... It's it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you care. Mm-hmm. And because I have been told that crying is a sign of weakness, and I'm like, no, it's not. I'm my my emotions are there. I am I am a human being. I am not a Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a human being with emotions, and I am passionate about what it is I'm doing. And therefore, sometimes that passion comes out in tears, and there are times where, you know, I'm, I'm crying because I'm upset, but, um, but that upset is because I am passionate. Um, so yeah, that's, 
That yeah. was, but, the, but isn't that ter- isn't that sad <laughs> that that was a goal of mine? It's okay. I'm going to get through this show without crying once. Never happened. Yeah, and it's a... Uh, I don't think, yeah, I would have ever thought of it as a goal for myself, but I also don't think I've ever gotten through one. And I must say that all the shows that I've worked on, of which there have been several, where people have been upset a lot, it's always been because of something that's been going on in the show. Like, it's been a, yeah. it's been because of it, like, an institutional <clears throat> problem yeah. or something that's not being addressed. And I know the times where I have cried at work it also has been that it has been because something has has happened yeah something has happened to me or I've heard something has happened to somebody else yeah or, maybe I'm just sure... pushing those those out of my, <laughs> out of my, my memory and yeah yeah no, I, I, I hear you I hear you on that yes and there's yeah. also just your emotions which are also totally valid you know but yeah. it's also um no people should never feel bad about it because a lot of times it's also because of so much of which is outside of your control. Yeah. Yeah, in those situations. But who inspires you? Who inspires you? What what keeps you in film and TV? Keeps you going? Uh, again, I, th- I would have to say the people keep me going in this crazy business. Um, I, do, I do like the process of making a TV show or a movie. Mm-hmm. I like the prep. I like the... Uh, the the meetings I like the organizing I like the scheduling I like the budgeting I like all of those things um, who inspires me I will tell you every single show that I work on especially a new show I will find a woman who's in a power position say in the executive level and I will and I'll I'll be open about it I'll I'll be uh, looking for somebody to mentor me to make me um, better at my job or find my my path to be eventually becoming a producer in a creative way um, so that's that's what inspires me to keep going with my with my work is is are all those things but there are when I think of people I've worked with in the past uh, honestly some of the most inspirational people are some of the women I've worked with mm-hmm. like yourself like as I mentioned before, <laughs> Helen Shaver, mm-hmm. uh, Tamara Deverell. Um, I work with some great uh, um, art directors like um, Michaela Shane, Alex Marinkovich. Um, so all of those people who I worked with in the business, all of these women give me the greatest of hope that um, that we are doing a great job and um, creating a great work environment. What do you hope for the next generation of women in film? Mm. Okay, what we knew we need to do for the next generation of women in film is not look at them as threats, not look at them as uh, uh, people who might come and take our job. We need to mentor them and bring them along and support them. I actually read something or heard something before that um, a man said that um, if women could actually learn to get along in the workplace, then women should be, or men should be fearful because that's when women are really going to start paying attention and taking over. And I think that's happening. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's happening because we are all supporting each other and mentoring each other and raising each other up. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I actually, I've ha- had so many conversations with other women about how it would be great to do a completely 100% woman run show. 
because then we know we would be able to get things done efficiently on time on budget a hundred percent oh a hundred percent yeah (laughs) i'm sorry guys not to put you down but you got to pay attention to what the women are, are are teaching you too i men out there pay attention we have so much to say and so much to offer and learn from us well i think that's an amazing note to end on (laughs) <laughs> Jody, thank you so much for sitting and talking with me today. I had such a great time. Thank I, you. This was a lot easier than I thought it would be. You know, everybody feels much more positive afterwards, I found. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Dominique, and good luck with your show. Thank you. <laughs> All right.